The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. A year ago, during the tail end of the pandemic, Amazon had 1.1 million employees in the U.S. Now, that's about as many as we have in the armed forces. How many of these people does it need now? The same amount? Do you think that Amazon needs as many workers as it did when we were hunkering all down, waiting for our boxes, waiting on our Amazon deliveries? It's not just retail Amazon, for heaven's sake, that's undersold. It's web service business is also slowing, according to some analysts. So again, if there are too many people, they need to let some people go. Even if their sales stay the same, their earnings can't still grow as long as they find ways to cut costs. And that would be enough to make this market happy. That's Jim from last night uh, before the Jassy Memo. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures did lose some ground after ADP comes in a little hot and jobless claims come in below estimates, suggesting the Fed has more work to do. Plenty of Fed speak today, a bunch of downgrades as well. Our roadmap begins with Amazon's belt tightening, cutting more than 18,000 jobs, the latest tech company to ramp up their cost cutting. We're watching yields today, climbing after those comments from Esther George a few moments ago on Squawk signs that the Fed does remain in hiking mode and watch Silvergate today plunging customer deposits tumbling on what it calls a quote crisis of confidence. Let's begin though with Amazon announcing plans to eliminate more than 18,000 jobs. Andy Jassy did say the company's stores and human resources teams are bearing the brunt of the cuts in his message. He says quote Amazon has weathered uncertain and difficult economies in the past and we will continue to do so. These changes will help us pursue our long-term opportunities with a stronger cost structure. However, I'm also optimistic that we'll be inventive, resourceful and scrappy in a time when we're not hiring expansively and eliminating some roles. Jim, that piece of tape showed you you were at least in tune on what you think needs to be done. Right. I don't think they're done. I think that 18,000 is a fraction of what ultimately they may have to do. They've added a huge number of people last year. All the companies that added people last year, Salesforce, Alphabet, uh, they have too many people. The economy, while these numbers show, is expanding, uh, is not expanding, particularly for these companies that rely on advertising relying on consumer spending uh, and those that are relying on enterprises being created. Uh, a lot of companies created uh, businesses to be able to meet the demand of all the companies that were going to come public, but nothing came public. So we're really in, at, at a stalemate here. The only thing that's good is that pe- more people from China are traveling. There's one thing, but that's service economy. But everything else, I got to tell you, when I, I, well, I wanted Jassy to cut people. Now, it, it didn't like, wasn't like he watched the show and picked 18,000. If you watched the show, he would have picked 50,000. Is that a number you, you want no, to No, actually, it's like, look, it's like 130, 140,000. Look, they had, apparently, they, 
hired another 300,000 people. We don't know the exact numbers because it kept changing. Right. But they, they were ready for the ramp. Uh, a lot of people didn't see the Fed starting to get tough. And so they really felt, wait a second, let's start hiring. Now, at least when you read the Ohana memo by Mark Benioff, which is incredible, he's saying he's cutting family, you realize he just said, listen, we overhired. Well, Alphabet overhired. Amazon overhired. Uh, the, one, the only guys who really bit the bullet were uh, Meta. Meta, which, as you said, with Becky for moments ago. Yeah, you Meta, thought, you know, was it an appropriate level of medicine at Meta? No, uh, unless uh, Mark Zuckerberg real, realizes, you know what, I'm going to de-emphasize uh, Meta and focus on the, the actual Meta platform, the verse, and focus on Reels, where uh, if, he can, if TikTok goes the way of other things that we're trying to do to China, then he has a winner with Reels. Uh, it does bring us to, we're going to get to the downgrades this morning, and there are so many, but one example wow, is, so is the American Express downgraded Stevens, where they're starting to talk about low capital ratios relative to peers, uh, lower reserves uh, relative yeah. to the space. And that's when these layoffs are going to come into focus, right? Well, I, uh, absolutely. But I do think that America's best controversial story, because others uh, like this stock, this stock, they have the better balance sheet. I mean, I, versus, say, Capital One, which has been through a lot. All right. Uh, Ally Financial, no thank you. There are, America's best, yes, uh, Goldman Sachs liked it. Yeah. They see a top-line increase. America's best, this is not 2008 where America's best was in trouble. America's best is good shape. Uh, but I do think, Carl, that, the crypto world is falling apart. Silvergate is falling apart. Uh, when I look at the crypto world, I keep coming back to my, to my friend John Stark, who was uh, chief regulator for the internet and was at the SEC for eight, 18 years. And he, he's adamant that you got to stay away. You got to stay away even now. He talks about collapse seems, uh, <laughs> seems likely for some of these. I don't even want to mention the ones because collapse seems likely. Is too scary to say on air, but the fact is, is that uh, if you read him on LinkedIn, you'll see. Yeah, I just don't think it's my role to be able to say. No, but you did tweet that this is going to continue. Uh, the the ancillary elements of crypto are going to continue to get hit yeah. as long as the Fed's in hiking mode. By the way, the the Silvergate news, obviously, forty percent headcount reduction. Right. Uh, for Q4 uh, deposits or withdrawals, they were trying to cover eight billion in withdrawals. Right, and and I think that it's not a big company. Uh, again, I, I always, what I want to do is distinguish between 2008 and now. I mean, we've got uh, a, a host of people saying good things about banks that were in trouble. A Bank of America likes Goldman, likes Wells. Uh, downgraded PNC. I thought that was curious. Goldman likes J.P. Morgan and Wells and Bank of America. I mean, these are not the epicenter of trouble. Okay, the epicenter of trouble this time are, are is anything crypto. And uh, also, uh, as I've been saying for months now, the epicenter of layoffs is Silicon Valley. And we have not seen enough. We've not seen enough closures, not seen enough bankruptcies, which is why the job hop number was so big in that darn report. The ADP report is like, I don't know if you saw the job number. It's double. If you leave, you know, remember, we're waiting for people to say, I got to stay at my company because if I job hop, I'm a loser. No, you're still a winner if you job hop. Uh, and the only thing that I saw that was significant this morning in terms of really cutting jobs was the Bed Bath & Beyond going concern number. And those 55,000 people, last I looked, that were, that's just the Google, working at BBBY, uh, those people are going to be job hopping, and they're not going to find better numbers. Yeah. Uh, that is that was the news out of Bed Bath, uh, pre-announcing Q, uh, fiscal Q3 numbers with revenue below. Another meme stock. Mm, last night I was working on a guy. 
who was nailed by the SEC and Justice Department. He uh, stole money from a SPAC, invested it in meme stocks, and then created a new SPAC uh, and invested that in crypto. And you talk, this is, we had some era here. <laughs> Whack-a-mole. We had some era. Yep. And that era is being put to bed, uh, but it's being put to bed at a pace that seems a little rapid. And that's why you can come in here and see rates going the wrong way. You see Amazon cutting people. But it's arbitrary cut. 18,000 people. You hire hundreds of thousands. 18,000. Salesforce was real. Salesforce was real. Now, they had a starboard in there. Starboard value funds. Yes. Uh, telling Mark, listen, you got, a, you, you got real fat. Well, is there, I mean, there's two schools of thought on layoffs. One is you don't want to do it more than once. You want to do it once and make it decisive. Right. The other is that maybe you want to do it gradually to see how bad this downturn, if well, we get it, will I, be. That's okay. I mean, I, I think that Amazon, uh, had, you had to look at how many they hired last year. I mean, let's, let's talk about Alphabet, because that's the most glaring. What did they do? They committed $9 billion to building uh, new centers, data centers, uh, and they committed uh, to hiring 12,500 people. And then the economy fell apart. So what are they saying? When are they going to say it? They don't need those people. Now, it's very hard to go hire and then fire. It's not what we do in this country. But the institution must must be preserved. And I think that when you see uh, Alphabet in 87, you see the chart, you see how they're doing, you see how advertising oriented they are. Well, come on. I mean, it turned out they were so cyclical. I mean, Carl, we heard for years, second inning, non-cyclical. Second inning, non-cyclical. Now it's game over, really cyclical. Big difference. Well, there are cycles and then there's COVID, right? Right. I mean, that threw, that threw typical cyclical playbooks out right. the window. Now, yes. Now, I will say that the difference between 2000, 2000, 2020, these companies have a lot of money. And they can do it, which is why they ought to do it. I mean, let's go back to Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, the guy recognized, wow, we're in an advertising world. Remember, he said that things were going to get very, very tough. He, he really fired a lot of people. I mean, it was big because I think he didn't want to come back and whack it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he may have to with spending billions on, on something that so far is non-commercial. Right. It's funny. You think back to those initial Zuckerberg memos where we were sort of taken aback by the, his level of drama in terms of what he thought the economy, the macro, was going to do. Remember that? Oh, no, I th- I, it, it, was, it was wild. I mean, I remember speaking, you know, checking into the company. I said, listen, guys, I mean, is you off the reservation? Well, th- him, Restoration Hardware, I guess yeah, Elon, Elon, bought a lot Elon of stuff. Musk to some degree, right? Well, yeah, but then he went and bought something. Like you and I going to Restoration Hardware, buying everything <laughs> they have. Exactly right. Like, wow. But RH bought a lot of stock during this period. And Gary Friedman was very early on, but I think the stock got to a level where he felt that it was just insane. Uh, and he just bought a lot of stock. Now, I want to just come back. Before we get too negative, everybody's negative. I mean, the research today uh, was slit throat negative. And when you see that, they can't all be right. I mean, when you have so many people saying bad things, they can't all be right. Uh, it, a lot of us is let's use this moment to cut price target, cut price target, mm-hmm, cut price. Mm-hmm. The price targets were very unrealistic. But at the same time, we've got some themes that work. I mean, oil's going to work. Drugs are going to work. Uh, we do, do have ConAgra today uh, <laughs> near a six-year six high. ConAgra. Some raised guidance. ConAgra. I, I like a lot of stuff that ConAgra makes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just think that ConAgra is the kind of company that works. Why does it work? Because, well, they hiked a lot of prices. 
and the price is held. Campbell's Soup, they hiked a lot of prices, and the price is held. ConAgra's amazing, because uh, volume fell eight, but price was up 17. Right, they were able to raise price. Now, of course, when the Fed sees that, they're like, oh, ConAgra, Slim Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, ConAgra has, they're in your pantry, and they do very, very well. I, and I got to tell you, they're the kind of company that they, this is what the Fed wants you to trade down. They want you to trade down. And you're not trading down. The country's not trading down. Well, I think the research today would say maybe they'll start in apparel with downgrades of TPR, downgrades of Nordstrom, but that, not in that's food. That's happening. No, and not in food. And that's major, major disappointing to the Fed. I mean, the price of butter. I mean, if you buy organic butter, then you ought to switch to inorganic butter. You know that? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, it's time to buy curry gold with a lot of salt in it. My wife was like, she paid $10 for butter. I said, $10 for butter? You're buying that butter? You're still buying the butter that's good for you? Are you out of your mind? There is no good for you butter. Ten bucks. Give me the bad butter. We're or like when we were growing up, we had to, uh, imperial margarine. <laughs> imperial margarine. I think this stuff was made of lard, but they called it something that was something else. Things are too expensive. Yeah. The and the Fed is not appeased. We're going to talk more about the Fed speak today. We got Esther George under our belts this morning. We're going to get Bostic and Bullard later. We'll talk about some of these downgrades. We'll get to Tesla as well. Under pressure again, worries about China oh. demand after their December data. Take a look at the pre-market. As we said, took a hit on ADP, which came in at 235. We were looking for 153. We're back in a moment. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently, and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Big day for autos. Uh, Ford's out with sales figures for December. Let's get to Phil LeBeau, who's at CES in Las Vegas with the numbers. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Carl. In December, Ford sales rising 3.2%. So it was a healthy month in terms of Ford sales, especially when you talk about the F-Series pickup truck. We'll talk about that in a bit. For 2022 sales, however, we're down 2.2%. Not a surprise. A number of automakers reported a slight decline in auto sales last year, given a number of the factors that were moving against the industry. EV sales up 126% in 2022. Yes, it's coming off a low number, but Ford has momentum. It believes that now that it's number two in EV sales and you start to see the ramp up in production of the Lightning, that those EV numbers will grow even further. In terms of traditional F-Series sales, they were up 20% in the month of December, but down 9.9% for all of 2022. And remember, the F-Series, that still is the vehicle that pays the freight. 
at Ford in terms of profit per vehicle. So down 9.9% on the year. But overall, a good December, a good way to end the year for Ford with the F-Series up 20% and with sales overall up 3.2%. Guys, back to you. Phil, this is very interesting because you did mention uh, 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 something that is not just a little ripple. You mentioned something EV, which to me says, look out, Tesla, there actually may be a competitor in 2023. I think they're going to be more of a competitor, Jim. I don't think they're yet at the level of Tesla. Uh, I think the Lightning has strong order flow, and they have shown that they're going to be ramping up production. You're also going to have a number of other competitors coming into the market, so they're going to eat. All of them collectively are going to eat into Tesla's market share. I think they're probably going to end the year around 60% market share for 2022. Most believe it's going to come down closer to 50% for 2023, roughly speaking, depending on how many of the EVs that the automakers say they're going to build, they actually put out this year. So they are eating into Tesla's market share. Ford, I would not say at this point, is a true competitor one-to-one with Tesla. Yes, the Lightning is gaining momentum, but they don't have really, uh, yes, they've got the, the Mustang, but they don't have something to compete with the Model 3 and the Model Y. And that's really where Tesla is, is eating everybody's lunch in terms of EV demand right now. Uh, although, Phil, I do want to get your take on Tesla's China numbers for December. Uh, lowest in five months, down 44 from the prior nope. month. Uh, and I was fascinated by yep. your interview this morning with BMW trying to close the space between them and Tesla. Everybody is trying to close the gap between themselves mm-hmm. and Tesla. With regard to China, uh, Carl, I would say this. You don't want to just take one month and say, well, it was one month. There were these COVID restrictions. There were a lot of things that were happening in terms of lockdowns and demand. But keep in mind, they have been cutting prices in China. I think that's more important than the fact that you have one month where you have a big drop in sales. Look, we could see the delivery rate increase in the month of January if the COVID situation improves uh, in China. And nobody's really quite sure what's going to happen there. I think the pricing is far more important there. And with regard to other automakers, they do believe as they bring more of these uh, models into the market that they will close their gap, the gap between themselves and Tesla. Who is going to emerge as the truest of the true competitors? I think we're at least a year and a half away from finding out whether it's General Motors, Volkswagen, Ford, whoever it is. Uh, yeah, that kind of puts a point on just how important this year is going to be uh, for the industry overall and, and Tesla in particular. Phil, thanks. We'll talk more uh, later on. That's our Phil the this morning uh, in Las Vegas. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell this morning, see if the futures can claw their way back out of the red uh, post ADP. And as we said, a couple more Fed speakers uh, later on the docket this morning. Don't go away. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. We heard it was Kramer's Mad Dash. You know that the opening bell is like, we gotta go. We got two minutes. Oh, that. We thought the Mad Dash was us. Goodbye. I love you. Right, Savannah, come back. We can't. We have to go. Now that's called storming the stage. 
That was the Mad Dash yesterday, and as you said, Jim, they're welcome anytime. Anytime, because they're two of the greatest people in the world. We know both off camera and on camera. People at home, you need to know that. Uh, I want to conjecture something today. I'm, I, this is not a today call, but a Bed Bath & Beyond, when they you get a going concern letter, that really means that you're just in real trouble. And you're going to have to close a lot of stores, many, many stores. And I know that uh, from the work I've done that Target has the most stores that are next to Bed Bath. Now, Target, we know yesterday people cut numbers and people are afraid that Target has too much inventory. But when this is a when the smoke clears. Target is the winner off of the Bed Bath problems. And there will be winners. It's just that they aren't calculated instantly. Right. Um, it, it, there's a no doubt. We mentioned the downgrade today of, uh, of TPR, uh, Nordstrom. The idea that premium had a great year in apparel, and right. it's going to be tough to repeat that. Where does Target fit in that okay, constellation? Okay, well, Target had too much inventory, and then they changed, They got rid of their inventory. It's one of the reasons why we bought a lot of TJX for uh, the charitable trust. Um, I would say that you have a leg down. And then you have to look at it. it, because once you have this clearing event, I don't think the target's doing nearly as badly as the analysts, because they're not projecting any problems with Bed Bath, and those problems are going to work, play right into the hands of this company. Yeah, it's going to be interesting whether or not we see multiple share donors right. in, a, in, in retail as we make our way through the year, right? Look, people want Dollar Tree but, or, and Dollar General. You go to Dollar General, they don't have a lot of apparel. They, you know, there's the, uh, the ones that they... You know, I've got to tell you, Dollar Tree, when they bought Family Dollar, they have a lot of apparel. But your Dollar General, by the way, people go to Dollar General. There's not much for a dollar. I, <laughs> I think people should recognize that Dollar General is not a dollar store. and uh, it, it's, But it is a trade-down store. Anything trade-down is going to work. And that's why the Fed's so puzzled about food. But why are people still paying up for food? Why aren't they going to Costco? Why are the ConAgra brands, which are good brands, able to maintain and then increase price despite volume reductions. And I think that what happens at a certain point, it unwinds. Right. But I, I look at Target and I think you got a premium retailer that is gonna go down and you wanna buy it because one of the things that people end up doing is at some point this recession that everyone's so worried about ends and Target is a long-term winner. And I don't think anyone disagrees with that, but short-term, no. Long-term, yes. All right. We'll talk more about what uh, Esther George, as Jim uh, references, said this morning about her own view for rates. We'll get the opening bell in about five minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Back in a moment. We understand that high inflation is going to require our action. So we have been moving our forecast up uh, to higher levels. You saw that in the most recent dot plot that came out in December. And I think holding that until we get confidence that inflation is actually coming down is really the message we're trying to put out there. I'll be over 5% and I see staying there for some time. Uh, again, until we get the signals that inflation is really convincingly starting to fall back toward our 2% goal. That's Kansas City Fed President Esther George with Leesman last hour on Squawk offering her take on rates. You heard her say above five, although not forecasting a recession in the United States. No, and I think that that's actually, I know that's where I am. I, I think that a lot of people are at that level, which is one of the things that we were just talking about. Let's, let's use Target as the analog here. If, if you don't get a severe recession, then you do have things you should be buying. By the way, you should also be buying the banks uh, if you believe in her view. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why people were reluctant to sell the banks and people, the banks have been going up all year. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very reasoned commentary that was not a call to action as much as a consistent view 
even with the minutes. The Fed's been very consistent. It's, the economy's a little too strong. They're going to do what they can to slow the economy down. They don't want to be able to break the bust the economy. To me, it does seem like one quarter where you do get uh, a recessionary number. You need two numbers that yep, recession. Yep. So I don't think that... Uh, I simply don't think it's worth panicking over. I see a lot of people dumping stocks furiously off this. Why? I mean, I, I thought that that's what they were going to do, and she confirmed it. Great interview with Steve, but it confirmed what I was thinking. Yeah, makes some sense. I've seen one firm up their number for payrolls tomorrow. The 275. It's too hot. It's still too hot, which is, by the way, amazing. It's amazing that you could raise, 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 and it not impact. And I think that it's just an extraordinary testament to our, our economy of what a juggernaut it is. And then we also have a lot of uh, Fed infrastructure money coming. But look, the, 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 the Federal Reserve can't be happy with how strong this economy is. They, they're trying so hard to, to slow it down but not crush it. And people are going to start thinking they got to crush it. Yeah. By the way, here at the big board, it's Constrained Capital celebrating the launch of the ESG Orphans Index ETF at the NASDAQ. ABC Food Tours partnering with schools in low-income areas of New York City. So we'll keep an eye. Uh, will Amazon be a tell this morning, Jim? How important is it? Don't know. Got to say, don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I do think that. Uh, look, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at some things that are, are different from individual stocks. I'm looking at how the oil stocks are bottoming. I'm looking at how poorly Amazon's acting, despite the firing of people. Uh, I'm looking at this overall gloom that has descended upon us uh, because we know we have to go down before we go up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have a antidote. I don't have an antidote to that. I want to, but I don't. Interesting piece in the journal this morning about insider buying, basically the lack of it, and the ratio of buying to selling at, uh, has been going down for six straight months, longest decline in two years. Look, I think that people just, people are hunkering down. I mean, everybody's hunkering down. Uh, they, everybody really just feels like, you know what, we are in a situation where we know we're going to have a recession. We know that we're going to have a housing recession. We know that we're going to have a retail recession. And if we don't have a recession, then it's going to be goodbyes. But right now, it's goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye versus goodbyes. Yes. And, uh, and the sense right now is it's, goodbye, it's goodbyes. And I, I don't want to join the crowd and just bust out. But if you look at Walgreens report today, Dow stock. Man, I thought for sure that they would have something to hold your, uh, hold your hat on to say that it's worth buying, and they're just not giving you anything. Um, the numbers just aren't good. Uh, Ross Brewer, CEO, doing a terrific job, but mm-hmm. they're just not good. And uh, we're going into the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference, and I think we're going to say, oh, at least there's some stocks to hide in, but it's a hide-and-seek game. I'm seeking some places to hide. Yeah. Well, we got a downgrade of Danaher today. Uh, one of the reasons uh, was, was their bioprocess business slowing as COVID vaccine demand slows. You know, uh, look, my chapel trust owns Danaher, and we own it for the long term. Why? Because it is one of the best-run companies in the world and always has been. Carl, this long term is killing people. When you say you're owning something for the long term, that just basically is considered to be a, an excuse. Uh, and that there is no excuse for owning it. I... I come back and say, look, I know Danaher is a high multiple stock. Is it a too high multiple stock, which is what we're most worried about? Historically, no. Uh, But short term, anything goes. And if it's got a high multiple, we say no. Mm -hmm. It's such a hard. Oh, also, by the way, every chart is bad. 
Yes. Every chart. So, I mean, you look at a chart and you say, wow, I mean, that's, that's rolling over, that's rolling over, that's rolling over, that's rolling over. Oh, there's uh, Meta, not rolling over. Took I'm, medicine. I mean, I'm just trying to think of charts that don't have a rollover. Uh, Merck, well, ConAgra, we already mentioned, the right? They're, they're not that many. Even, even Hershey and KMB have shown a little weakness yes, lately. Yes, they have, because yeah. Kimberly, Kimberly's got trade down possibilities. Hershey's got uh, some trade down, not that much. Uh, I do think, Carl, that the supermarket is going to be under assault. They, they just can't keep these done. They're just not going to be able to maintain these price increases. We are going to find ways to beat the price increases. But that means not buying brands. Right now, we're still buying brands. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh, well, that reminds me, Barclays today, Starbucks, top 23 yeah. pick. Well, uh, Chipotle got another top pick. Well, Starbucks has got China. And I think one of the anomalies that we're going to see is that China's going to be going everywhere. China, they're putting one up every nine hours. Uh, Starbucks. That, that's that's very, very positive. I like that. Chipotle may be too expensive. Now, I, I've gone back and forth with the Chipotle guys. I don't think Chipotle is too expensive. But then again, I, you know, fortunate, I'm very fortunate doing okay in life. Uh, I think that there's going to be Chipotle going down to Taco Bell. I think it's just like, well, I don't know. It's not good. Chipotle is much. All right. You mentioned oh. China. Uh, fascinating yes. story in Nikkei from about Dell. Uh, making a push with their vendors to get out of made-in-China chips by 2024 and trying to lessen the, the number of Chinese-made, at least, components in their PCs. I think there are a lot of people. By the way, I think that the auto companies, they don't want to rely on China. I mean, China's become an unreliable company and also a company that can't, a country that can't be trusted. China can't be trusted. Companies, I mean, companies don't want to be there. Right. Uh, but I think what people should be worried about is Taiwan. Uh, that's the 60% of the chips come from, of Chinese chips come from Taiwan. Uh, you don't want to, to move to Taiwan. Malaysia, people are trying. Vietnam. But when you move, you don't initially get the high quality that you get from China. That's one of the problems. Uh, China's got us right now. But a, a company like Dell is a very forward company. They'll figure it out. I mean, for instance, Stanley Bach and Decker is trying to get away. Uh, but it's just it's just so hard. We have spent decades moving business to China. Decades. Uh, 30, 40 years of it, yeah. yeah. So now you have to pull out of China. You can't just do it. I mean, when you talk to the auto companies, they're very worried. Auto, the new autos are chock full of chips. And the supply chain problems often emanate from China. Right. Well, look at watching Apple try to rebase their supply chain one of the most fascinating logistics stories probably of our lifetime. Yes, and maybe that's why I come back and I like the major banks. <laughs> the major banks are not trying to wean themselves off China. Yeah. Uh, it reminds us of the double downgrade today of Ally. We talked about cars yeah. with Phil a moment ago, but are you, I mean, if you're thinking about trade downs, don't you have to be worried about delinquencies, at least in autos? Yes, and that's why uh, Carvana, once again, kind of negative there. Uh, yes, we have to worry about trade down. People worry about Capital One. Now, I will say this about Capital One. I remember twice I've worried my career about Capital One. And there's a man who runs that bank, Richard Fairbank. And twice he has had to lecture me about how things work in the world. And twice he was right. So, yes, you can sell Capital One. And, yes, you can decide, you know what, i got to get out of that. But he's defied the short sellers for years because he understands that if you charge a certain amount of interest, you can handle a certain amount of charge-offs. So go ahead, make his day. He's not some guy who just fell off the turnip chart. Right. So I know the stock can go down, but and I do, by the way, really like the, the classic banks. 
Well, it, it reminds me of what uh, the number of things Esther George told Leaksman, but one of them was that she was somewhat impressed with the way in which crypto's collapse has been contained, right? Yes. We've talked yesterday about uh, institutional caution regarding crypto. Right. Uh, and you're talking about Silvergate, uh, Coinbase. Uh, the SEC still, I think, is doing a, now basically a quiet sweep, but they want you out of it. And I think the SEC is very, very clear. These two, there's 200 coins, and they're like, are you kidding me? And they're all securities. Uh, and I just think you have to watch if you're in any of them. I just don't think they're the right place to be. Some people are telling me, well, Jim, Bitcoin's held in 16,000. I said, well, maybe it's being manipulated. We now know that that market wasn't so big as it couldn't be manipulated. Uh, Silvergate, by the way, uh, deposits in Q4 down 68. Uh, we talked to the CEO, I think, uh, in November about right. the status of business. Here's what he said. As of September 30th, we had Silvergate had $13 billion, a little over $13 billion in cash and investment securities that were available to support only $12 billion in deposits. Another way to think about that is if all the deposits left, Silvergate has cash and securities to support all of that outflow. Now, this is certainly a deep crypto bear market, but we don't think it's going to zero. And so anywhere between zero and that $12 billion um, that we ended this, the quarter at, Silvergate has the, the liquidity to service our customers 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we now know, thanks to the journals reporting, that they were they did have those assets, Jim, but they were forced to sell them at a loss. Yeah, okay, so here's what John Reed Stark says. Again, 18 years SEC enforcement. Uh, Silvergate is a tiny club of tiny banks providing deposit, fund transfer, security, etc. Services to a crypto ecosystem that operates in a mammoth regulatory vacuum and amid widespread grift fraud. To me, it's the continental and its collapse seems likely. That's from Stark, not from me. Hmm. But I like Stark because he started uh, his, when he, he was the internet enforcer, he's very tough. I'm getting this right from his uh, Twitter, but he's been dead right about everything. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jim mentions coin. Today, Cowan cuts them to market perform, cuts the target roughly in half. They were at 75. They go to 36. Low visibility and stabilization in retail trading and then uh, potential for SEC enforcement obviously going SEC up. SEC doesn't like them. The SEC wants to do a sweep. You have to go back to that, the, what they had to say when Sam Bankman-Fried was first caught, which is that, look, we're going to do, we're, we're no longer accepting what, what, these, what these outfits are saying. And uh, that was the clarion call to get out. And uh, yeah, I will reiterate the clarion call. Uh, we should point out, it's not all downgrades today. Jeffrey's ups Oracle, uh, as they expensive. say, got their mojo back. We like the reacceleration growth theme, focus on expense security. Look, Safra Katz is doing an unbelievable job. I begged her to come on because I thought that quarter was so good. I also think their healthcare maneuver is really, really good. I think they're doing so much that's right. And the, the look at that chart. And the, uh, the stock is very, very inexpensive. Yep. And, you know, Larry Ellison gets on, and he is a genius. Larry gets on and says, you know who operates everybody who these big outfits, what cloud they use? They use the Oracle cloud. And uh, I think that maybe people are saying, you know what, we don't need to move so fast through the cloud. Let's maybe stay with Oracle a little while mm -hmm. longer. And it's a testament to the people who run that company that they've figured out a good model. And uh, they're not going anywhere but up. Yeah. Uh, the that other Cerner buy was so smart. All right. Uh, the other upgrade, uh, Argus upping Delta, Jim. We haven't talked a I lot about that. 
uh, travel demand as we work our way into Q1 and maybe Q2? Well, uh, the China opened. There's there'll be a hundred. They love to travel. I, I don't mean to discriminate. You know, say any group. You know, sure. That, that didn't sound the way I meant. But they're, the China, the China's been unleashed, and they travel. When they travel, they spend. Uh, and uh, the the airlines are big beneficiary. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, 3,800 for now, Jim, even though the Dow's down 400 points, 3,800 has been an important, at least recent, psychological Yeah, floor. look, I, again, I mean, everybody's so, so negative. And, I mean, I'll give you an example. We, I have Constellation Brands on. And I, I care about, yeah, and I care about SDZ. I care about cash flow. And the cash flow is is terrific. I mean, this is a cash flow. It's beer, okay? But they have a, they have a cannabis business. Uh, some people said depletions weren't that good. That was just reacting to the stock. I know the company well. This the the, ca- the cash flow here is enormous. What people are just sending it down. They're sending down everything. And I'll have Bill Newlands, and we'll talk about cash flow. But the cash flow is better than expected. But no one wants to see that right now. I don't think Amazon, for instance, should be down on Jassy beginning to lose discipline. I, I do think though that the 3,800, the battleground. Yeah. Uh, for the time being, every S&P sector is red except for energy with a slight gain. Energy's very I know you've been watching here. it. Don't forget the Fed put, right? <laughs> they are buying. The, the government's buying at 70. Yeah. But, you know. As we go to break, let's watch bonds as well. We're going to get Bullard at uh, 1220, I think, as well. We'll hear what he thinks in addition to Bostick and George earlier this morning. Uh, watching that uh, recent spike here, 10-year back to just almost to 3.8. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rich Santel here live at CMEHQ with the last breaking news of the session in the form of S&P Global Services and Composite PMI. On the services side, the final number is 44.7. That replaces the mid-month read of 44.4. It's the lowest level since August. It is the sixth month in a row under 50 for contraction. And August's number on the services side uh, was the lowest since August was lowest since May of 2020, and that was at 43.7. If we look at the composite, it actually improved a bit from the uh, mid-month read, just like uh, the services did. 44.6 gets replaced with 45.0, also the lowest level since August. And August's read at 44.6 was the lowest since May of 2020, and also the sixth month under 50 in contraction mode. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. I would say the next two years are probably going to be the most challenging uh, because, after all, we did have you know a lot of acceleration uh, during the pandemic, and there is some amount of normalization of that demand. Uh, and on top of it, there is a real recession in par- large parts of the world. And so the combination of pull forward and recession means we will have to adjust, uh, and that'll cycle through the demand cycle, and in fact, come out of it with what can be another massive uh, growth cycle for the tech industry. That's uh, Satya Nadella on CNBC TV 18 in India saying the world, especially tech, should brace itself for two more years of struggle uh, before we return to growth, Jim. Yeah, uh, I saw that interview and I said to myself, look, I think Microsoft's great stuff. We've owned it forever from my travel trust. But that that was not a pre-announcement, so to speak, but it was a recognition, as it is with all megatech, that they're just not uh, set up for two years of downturn, including his own company. And I think that when we see numbers from Megatech, we will be surprised to the downside. Come back to Salesforce. I mean, it took a lot for Mark Benioff to hack a lot of people. And certainly uh, to close some buildings is easier, but 
No, these companies aren't ready for it. They're just not ready for it. They're not ready for the downturn. Uh, you said something so important, which is that do you really just make a small cut? Why not do the big whack? But these companies don't know how to fire. I mean, we're not talking about an auto company or a tool and die company right. where they've had to fire a union Or you Pacific. can cut a shift with the stroke of a pen. They don't know how to do it. But by the way, I'm not saying that they're uh, too soft to do it. I'm saying that they don't know how to right. do it. Right. The only guy who seemed to know how to do it really well was Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe it takes, it doesn't take a village. Right. Uh, we're going to watch it closely. Pretty interesting uh, interview uh, with Nadella uh, from our partners. That was a must watch. Yeah. Uh, meantime, uh, holding on to 38.11, let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. Uh, double whammy here, of course, the strong ADP report and Esther George uh, uh, talking about higher for longer, estimates above 5%. Uh, and that's just continuing to weigh on the growth sectors. Take a look at the sectors. And again, risk off, risk on, and this is a risk off day. Uh, there's ARC Innovation. There's a classic growth. Van Eck, also a growth sector. Uh, industrials, which have a lot of value stocks in them, holding up a little better. And consumer staples, which mostly are value stocks, uh, also on a relative valuation basis, holding up well. So this constant re-rating of the growth stocks uh, is the main problem for the market. Um, so if you look, you see Tesla uh, down noticeably again today, uh, ServiceNow, NVIDIA, Microsoft. It's not necessarily that every growth stock is having the earnings estimates come down, although so many are. It's that the relative Relative valuation is coming down. The P.E. ratio, how much are you willing to spend for a future stream of earnings? Even if the earnings are the same, you may not be willing. That's the P.E. ratio. They're dropping that. And that's where you're getting the double whammy. Earnings coming down in some cases and the multiple is coming down. Meantime, value is holding up fairly well. Most of the big value names, we talked about Conagra this morning, they keep raising prices. Uh, General Mills keeps up, Kraft Heinz, even Delta. A lot of the airlines are considered value stocks right now. These are all up uh, on the year. So, again, once again into the year, the old story does actually happen here. Value is predominating uh, over growth names. At the same time, I also notice on a relative basis, the banks are holding up better. Most of the big uh, uh, wirehouses, most of the big banks uh, are up this year, uh, even though they're down a little bit today. Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, uh, right at the open, were still even down up on the year. So loan growth still there. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Net interest income holding up fairly well for them. Finally, this caught my eye. Walgreens had the earnings report out, and we talked about the cold flu season. Well, here's an evidence that it was really massive. Retail sales, that's the front of the store, uh, that's cold and flu personal care products up 2.1%. Pharmacy sales down 3%. Now, that's very, very interesting because obviously this is massive sales of cold and flu products and personal care products that everybody was talking about uh, over the last quarter. Uh, pharmacy is a little interesting. This caught my eye for COVID vaccinations. 8.4 million uh, in the quarter that we're just ending uh, there. Uh, but look what happened a year ago, 15.6 million for the same period. They did half the COVID vaccinations uh, and Carl 2.9 million for the third quarter. So it was, a, it was a trending up. But still, I think that's a major reason. Uh, uh, Walgreens open to the downside right now. And I think probably pharmacy was a major reason and problem for that. Carl, back to you. We're talking a bit about Bassani. Uh, let's get to Jim and stop trading this morning. When you're looking for something that's up, it's Micron. I don't mean to pull a uh, little water on this one. But, uh, Micron ran yesterday on a story that China may scale back on making semis. And there's a tremendous glut in Micron. Uh, it's, not just, uh, it's not just PCs. It's also phones. So those who are buying it now are betting that the glut's going to end, and you're premature. 
and you cannot be premature. You can be close uh, to the good quarter, but we're not there yet. Mm. You have to have the bad quarter. So those who are buying Micron thinking, you know what, I'm safe here. No, you're not. Uh, we, we didn't even mention the Samsung consumer chief who said the demand for gadgets might get better in the second half, but might be weak for the whole and year. And yet it's Samsung that's flooding, right. flooding the globe. Frankly, unfairly to some degree, Samsung's rep, wrecking pricing, and it ain't going away. Samsung is the reason why Micron can't be bought right now. Right. Uh, Constellation tonight, then. All right, so again, remember, this is a depletion story in some degree, but it's really about, I know the stock looks horrible, but the, it's about cash flow. It's always about cash flow. It's never been anything about cash flow, and the cash flow is up. So let people sell it. The conference call hasn't started yet. Uh, I, at these prices, for my chapel trust, if it's allowed to, i buy more. And then, uh, JP, we're going to start looking forward to Yeah, I mean, look, Lisa Gill, it's safe. Some of these healthcare stories are safe. They have nothing to do with the economy. It's weird. Oil with the put of the SBR and healthcare because, frankly, they can raise prices with impunity. See, it's not just Slim Jim that can raise prices. It's also drug companies. A lot of people know exactly what you're talking about. The ConAgra is very, you know, Sean Conley, very smart guy. They've done a lot of good things. Let's just not just say, you know what, they're charging a lot for the same thing. They've they've upgraded their product. Sure. Jim, that's a good show tonight. We'll see you at 6. Mad Money with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. As we got 1% declines here, Dow's down 350. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.